You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's help in Ramat Beit Shemesh, Israel, 5768-2008. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Titzavah. There are a number of interesting issues that I would like to raise in this week's Parsha. I'd like to compare it in a certain way to the previous Parsha in Parsha's Truma. And I want to bring out a very important and fundamental idea that we will be able to take into our own lives, hopefully Bezus Hashem with Hashem's help. To begin with, I'd like to give you a layout of last week's Parsha and a layout of this week's Parsha, and I'd like to compare them and contrast them, and we'll ask a few questions, we'll add on a few questions, here we go. In last week's Parsha, so we have the beginning of Asuli Mikdash V'Shachanti B'Soycham. Hashem says, create for me a Mikdash, a Mishkan, a sanctuary, and I will dwell amongst you, the people of Israel. Not just will I dwell in the actual sanctuary itself, but I'll even dwell among you, the people of Israel. So then the Parsha continues and goes through each of the different Kalim, each of the different vessels that were used in the Beis HaMikdash. It starts off with the Arn HaKodesh, the Holy Ark. It goes on to the Shulchan, the table where they had the, the, the special showbread. It goes on to the Menorah, the beautiful candelabra. And it goes on to the Yerios, the curtains, and the crush in the walls, and the Paroches, the curtain that's separated between the Kodesh HaKodesh and the Holy of Holies and the Holy, and between the other areas. And then you have the Mizbeach, the actual altar where they would bring the karbonos and it finishes off last week's parsha with the chutz or the courtyard all of this seems to have to do simply with the construction of the binyon the the actual building of the of the mishkan in this week's parsha parsha tzitzaveh we start off with the command to the people of israel to bring shem and zayis to bring this pure olive oil in order to light the menorah that's the first thing that we have the Parsha continues with the description of Aaron HaKohen and his sons, that they created for them these wonderful vestments, these beautiful garments that they would wear in, whenever they were doing the service in the Beis HaMikdash. And it consisted of all kinds of different parts, the Efo, the Choshen Mishpat, the Me'il, the Tzitz, the Ksainas, there were eight different things, eight different parts of the clothing of the Kohen Gadol, of the High Priest. And there were four different parts of the clothing of a regular priest. And after the Torah describes that, so the Torah goes on to, to speak about the Kiddush Aaron Uvanov, the, the inauguration ceremony for, for Aaron and his sons. And then after that, so it says that they would bring a par, a, a ram, a bull, I'm sorry, and an isle and a ram. And there, it goes through the entire service of their inauguration ceremony. And then after that, the Torah describes how every single day there was a carbon tamid, a special daily offering. And the, the parsha finishes off with the Mizbech HaKtores, that altar where they would place the incense where Aaron HaKohen, the Kohen God of the High Priest, would place the incense offering every single day. And also especially on Yom Kippur was a special day for that. And that was the Mizbech HaKitoris, the altar for the incense. And that's how the Parsha finishes off. Now I'd like to begin by comparing and contrasting these two Parshas because there's something very interesting here, something that I think needs to be taken note of. And that is if we look throughout Parsha's Truma, last week's Parsha, we find a description of the sanctuary of all of the different vessels that were used in the sanctuary, the Ark, the Shulchan, the table, and the menorah, and all the different things besides for the actual utensils of the Mishkan, also all the construction, the actual physical structure of the sanctuary. In this week's Parsha, so it starts off with the Shem and Zayis, the oil, the olive oil, and it speaks about the people, the people that worked inside of the sanctuary, and it speaks about their avoda, and it speaks about their inauguration, and and then it finishes off, it seems, it seems to go back and talk about Mispeach HaKatores, the altar for the incense, which seems to be returning to that first theme in, Parsha, in last week's Parsha of the actual things that were used inside of the Mishkan. 
Now the question is to me, what happened? Like we had this, we had this whole description of everything that was the the actual body of the Mishkan of the sanctuary, and then we took a break and we spoke about Aaron and his sons and their clothing and 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 their avoda, their actual worship and service in the base of English, and then we returned back to the actual utensils themselves. This question is compounded by the fact that Aaron HaKohen, the high priest, and his children, their inauguration didn't happen until much later. It didn't happen until after all of the completion of the construction of the Mishkan and all of its utensils. Why is it mentioned here? Why is it mentioned at this point? It seems to break up the entire flow of the, of the command to build a sanctuary. That's my first question. The next question I have is based on the verses it says in chapter 29, verse 43. It begins there. It says, this is after the entire description of the inauguration of the of the priests and and their avoda every single day their daily service. So it says, I will meet with them there with Bnei Yisrael, the people of Israel, and they will become holy with my honor. I will make the tent of meeting holy and the mizbeach and the altar. I will make Aaron and his children. Holy, in order to be my priests, I will dwell amongst the people of Israel, and I will be to them for a God. Now the question that I have here is, is that at the very beginning, this is all the way at the end of Parsha Tzatzaveh, at the very beginning of Teruma, last week's Parsha, so Hashem said, They shall make for me a sanctuary, and I will dwell amongst them. Which seems to imply that just the fact that they would make a sanctuary is enough for Hashem to, to dwell amongst the people of Israel. Whereas over here at the end of Parsha Tzatzaveh, it seems to imply that because of Aaron Uvan and because of the children of Aaron and himself, and Aaron himself, so that's why Hashem is going to dwell amongst the people of Israel. Now which way is it? Is it the actual construction of the Mishkan, the sanctuary that brings down the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, to dwell amongst the people of Israel? Or is it the worship, the service of the children of Aaron that brings down the Shekhinah into the world and into the people of Israel? Which way is it? Which is the understanding? Now to answer these questions, I want to share with you a tremendously profound idea which really goes down to the root of creation, the root of man, the root of reality. And this understanding is something that is so fundamental, so important, even though it's something that's Kabbalistic and it's something that on the, on the surface may seem very esoteric, but it really, really applies to us and it's very important that we understand it. Now please bear with me because I'm sure that these may be very new concepts to you and these are ideas that you may have never heard before and I highly recommend if you can to, to listen to this a few times so that you understand it very clearly. Our sages tell us that Hashem made numerous worlds. Now when I say worlds, I don't mean different planets orbiting different suns in different galaxies. That's not what I mean. Different worlds are different levels of reality, different dimensions. Hashem made many different dimensions, a spiritual dimension, and inside the spiritual dimension, an even more spiritual dimension. And on the outside, He made a physical dimension, which is the dimension that we live in. If one had to picture this, and of course we can't picture this because we don't totally understand what it means at all, but if one could think about an onion and how you peel off the outer layer and you get to the inner layer, and you peel off that layer and you get to the inner layer. So there are worlds within worlds and realities within reality. We think that we're in the ultimate reality, but the truth is that we're not. We're actually in the place of the least reality, the greatest amount of hester, the greatest amount of distance from Hashem. And it's important that we be in this reality because since we're in such a reality where we can't see Hashem, we can't see Hashem's divine presence, it's not clear to us. That's why we have free choice, we have the ability to choose to do what's right and to choose to come close to Hashem despite the fact that He may seem very distant. 
Now, coming back to the idea of worlds within worlds, every single world, every single dimension of reality is affected by the dimension above it, such that whatever one sees happening in the lowest level of reality, which is our world, it's a direct reflection of something that happened in the, in the dimension above it, and the dimension above that, leading all the way back to the source. There are actually five different dimensions, and we live in the lowest dimension, the one that's the farthest away from the original source. Now, to get a little bit of an understanding for this idea, and to really see how it plays itself out, and the different levels and the different concepts, and how one thing leads to another, let me give you an example of a construction site. You see a building that's going up, and there are hundreds of people working on this building, construction. There are those who are bringing the cement. There are those who are laying down the foundation. There are those who are going to put in the piping. There are those who are going to do all the different things that goes into the construction of a building. That would be cons compared to the world that we live in, the world of construction, the world of doing. Now, above the level of the construction workers themselves, so there are those who are in charge of the construction workers, those who direct the construction workers, because the guy who knows how to make cement, he has no clue how to make a beautiful building. But rather, what happens is, there are people in charge of making sure that each person does his task and, and is in his place and has the right tools for his job. That's the level above the construction, are those who are in charge of instructing those who are doing the construction. Now, above that level, there's somebody in the office. There's someone who's in the office who, who is in charge of telling each of the construction workers what should be done. Now, before even that one guy who's in charge of telling all of the different people to instruct all of the different construction workers, before he could be able to give the right instructions, there had to be a blueprint for this building. There was a plan that was written out before, perhaps by that man himself. And based on that plan, all of the instructions are given to all of the different people who give the instructions to all of the different construction workers. Now before there could even be a plan, a blueprint written out, so the person who's in charge of the construction, the, the first person, the guy who's in charge of everything, he has to decide in his heart to build a building. Now if we would take it in order from the first inception all the way down to the construction of the building, it would sound as follows. The first step in creating a building is the person who decides, the contractor who decides in his heart, I want to build a building. That's the first step. Following that step, he draws up the blueprints, the plans for the building. The third step is he gives instructions to each of the different people who are underneath him, who are going to bring this building to fruition, who are going to command the different people who are in charge of actual building. So here we have five different steps. The first step is the will. The second step is the actual general plan. The third step is the actual specific thoughts. The fourth step is the speech, the instructions. And the fifth step is the actual actions that create the thing or bring the thing into fruition. Now let's take all of these steps and we'll see that they actually apply completely and beautifully to the way Hashem created the world. The first step that Hashem did was Hashem created the will to create. He created a will. After that, he created all of the different laws, the blueprint of creation, the concepts of creation. After that, he decided how they would apply. After he decided how they would apply, so he said, he spoke creation. After Hashem spoke, he said, Yehi or, let there be light, Vayehi or. The commandments came to being, they were enacted. Those are the five levels that we see in creation. Now here's where we're coming to the point that I hope to apply very soon to the Mishkan, to the sanctuary, to explain all the questions that we asked. Inside of the original will of Hashem, 
contained within that original thought, even before the thought, the original desire to create the world, contained within that was the seed of creation. And just like a seed, a tiny, infinitesimally small seed contains within it all of the information for the entire beautiful tree and all of the fruits that are going to be created later, so too inside of Hashem's original will was the intention and the potential for all of creation. Now, in Kabbalistic books, this original will is referred to as Adam Kadmon, which means primordial man. And the idea is that the entire purpose of creation, the end all, was contained within the original thought. The end all of creation was man. You are the purpose of creation. The fact that you would come and choose with your free will to listen to words of Torah and try to bring yourself close to God, that is the purpose of creation. That was contained within the original thought, the original seed, that original will is called Adam Kadmon primordial man, because everything that Hashem created was in order that man should exist on this world and exercise his free will to choose to go against his nature, and to choose to go against all the things that are around him and be able to connect himself to Hashem. And what this means is something incredible, because all of the different levels, the spiritual worlds, everything was all created just for man. Man is the pinnacle of creation. Man was created on the sixth day, the, one of the last things to be created, because man is the pinnacle of creation. He was the first thought in Hashem's mind, and he was the final thought in Hashem's mind. And all of creation only serves its purpose, and only functions correctly when man chooses on his own free will to serve Hashem, to connect to Hashem. But all of creation is irrelevant and meaningless if man doesn't do that. And when man does do that, he brings down the spiritual world into the physical world. He connects himself and he connects all of creation to God. And he reveals the ultimate light, the ultimate purpose of creation. That's the power of man. Now let's come back to the sanctuary. Because you see the identical idea in the sanctuary. Exactly the same idea. It's unbelievable. Our sages tell us that the sanctuary itself was a parallel in a certain sense to all of creation. That means when Hashem said to the people of Israel, Create for me a mikdash, a sanctuary, and I will dwell within you. He was commanding them, Create for yourselves a world. Connect yourselves to me, and I will dwell within you. This sanctuary was the place where the people of Israel would fulfill the entire purpose of creation. The whole purpose of creation was to connect man to God, to serve Hashem. When man does that, he brings down Hashem's presence into the world. That was the purpose of the Mishkan. So when Hashem said, Create for me a Mishkan, I will dwell amongst you. Yes, there was a command to build a building. And yes, there was a command to create all of these beautiful utensils and vessels that were used within the Beis HaMikdash, within this Mishkan, this sanctuary. But what was the integral component? And it could not be left out. It had to be mentioned now, even though it's something that would occur later. Because this is the original will. This is the original point where there's creation. Here Hashem says, Aaron Uvanov, Aaron and his sons will serve me. They will have their special clothes. They will serve me. We will inaugurate them. They will every single day serve me in the Beis HaMikdash. They will light the menorah. That's this week's parsha. Tetzav is completely about man's partaking in the world and completely about bringing Hashem into the world, bringing the Shekhinah, the, the divine presence into the world. And it's an integral component, even though it's not something that's happening now. But it has to be within the actual construction of the Mishkan. These ideas have to go in, because in order for it to be played out in reality later, it has to be in the original thought as well. 
This is why Hashem says at the very beginning when Hashem commands the people to create this Mishkan, I will dwell amongst them. But that idea is not complete until we discuss the whole concept that Aaron and his sons will be serving within the Beis Hamikdash because the entire thing is dependent on man. In order for Hashem to dwell amongst the people of Israel, there has to be an action on the part of man. There has to be an action which says, I'm going to bring down Hashem into the world. That's why at the very end of the whole entire story of Aaron Akoin and his sons, the, the description of how they are going to do the avoda, to do the service of Hashem in the base Hamikdash, then and only then does Hashem really say, Then, at that moment, when the people of Israel realize that they are serving Hashem, that is the entire purpose of creation, then and only then does Hashem bring down His divine presence into the world. I think this is an especially appropriate message now that we're finishing off the weeks of Shovavim, we're finishing off these weeks that we especially devote ourselves to Kedusha, to connecting to Hashem and overcoming our natural desires to look at things that we shouldn't look at, to see things we shouldn't see, to think things we shouldn't think. All of this work is about bringing Hashem into our lives, bringing Kedusha, bringing holiness into our lives, connecting to the Bore Olam, connecting to spirituality. When we recognize that that is the purpose of creation, that is the function of all of the worlds, Hashem created all these different worlds, all the spiritual worlds and the physical world, all this in order that man should connect to Him. When we realize that, so then we can connect to Hashem. We can bring Hashem into our lives. We can have this incredible goal. And as is Hashem, with Hashem's help, I want to wish you and me and everyone, all of Klal Yisrael, that we should connect to Hashem and we should see His hand in our lives. And we should realize that that first thought that Hashem had when He created the world was us. He thought about us. What an incredible love. An incredible love Hashem loves us. And that was the first moment of creation Hashem was thinking about us and how we're going to listen to the words of Torah on a podcast somewhere in the world and we're going to try our best to connect to Him. This is, we are fulfilling the purpose of creation. Thanks so much for listening and have a great Shabbos.